Welcome to the Level Work Podcast. This is Jeff. And Andre. I could not get you to stop talking. What a woman speak. Do you see what I'm saying? How to break through with your spouse, your partner. <laughs> I've been thinking about this. How did you handle this? The man's kind of got it good. I feel like you're getting off on a little bit of soapbox. This is me rolling my eyes. This is really great. I really... Rolling. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Welcome to the Lover Work Podcast. I am Jeff. I'm Andre. And we have been married for 15 years. And over the next two years, we're going to be talking with couples and people around this idea. Is it possible to change the world, stay in love, and raise a family? That is right. So today we're going to talk to Josh and Aaron Guerreri. Um, Josh and them have started a business called Fitwit, which is a fitness uh, group fitness club in Atlanta, and then they are also working on a project called Build Your Best Family. They might be the most healthy couple we ever interview. For real. If you have kids and you want uh, advice or you need help or you want resources, I really think they're they're the place. I did see a funny Instagram video of Josh yesterday. It was a snow day in Atlanta. And he was uh, doing a workout, jumping over the kids, and then do, picking up each kid individually and doing a squat. That would be Josh Guerreri. So I ha- am doing his workouts, and I would agree that they are ridiculous and very difficult. And I haven't signed up for that. <laughs> of course you wouldn't. Okay, and so, so we're going to get right into it. But as you prepare to listen to this incredible interview with friends of ours, um, there's three things I want you to look for. Number one, they're going to teach us how to how to build a, a family meeting, how to run a family meeting. Yeah, it, that was really interesting. Uh, secondly, secondly, they're going to really share some vulnerable stories about the process of having the kids go to school and Erin working through her identity in the midst of that transition. Yep, and, lots of tension there. And lastly, and they, but they share about it really, really authentically. It's really yeah. cool. And lastly, uh, at the very end, they're going to share about how they go on vacation. They have five kids, and they only get two-bedroom apartments or, or... Two hotels. Oh, yeah, two hotel rooms that they make all the kids sleep in one room, and then they have a separate room. Listen, that's wisdom right there, people. Wisdom. So here is Josh and Aaron Guerreri. So tell me about this Build Your Best Family, Aaron that you're working on? Um, so I think one of my passions and ours collectively has always been, whether we recognize it or not, but um, helping families thrive or just like intentionally building families and, you know, building them to be the best families that they can be. And when I was teaching, that was always kind of one of my favorite things to do when I would be in IEP meetings with special education um, families. It, it was always you know, life-giving to me to help the whole family understand, you know, one kid's disabilities or what they could do to strengthen the whole family around that one kid's needs. And we kind of, you know, when I stopped teaching um, to stay home with the kids, kind of always had a hand in, like, mentoring or working with kids and families in some capacity. So it's just, it's been a passion of both of us for a while to just help families be the best they can be and we feel like we work on it so much um, we think about it so much we love being students of you know people that are much smarter than us <laughs> and we love to share that 
all that we've learned and all that good stuff with other families. So, so would you um, say that this is like a joint passion between both you and Josh, or is this more kind of your your thing, and then Josh is more the fitness thing, or how do you all kind of work that out with you two? I'd say it's a joint passion. I mean, I don't know. yeah, I'm sort of with uh, Aaron, sort of like the the vision of content and what we should be doing for courses and things like that uh, on the build your best family where I'm more of like, here's the, here's where you think, I think we should sell it or what we should do on the website. So the technical aspect, uh, a sales funnel or something like that. Um, but Aaron will be producing content more uh, and sort of leading from that end. But yeah, I think it's very much joint just because we're having a lot of fun with it. And we, the course is finally finished. Um, so you know, we're looking forward to getting it out there. That's awesome. And how have you built like fitness? I know health and fitness is kind of a big thing for y'all too, since that's Josh, a lot of what you're doing. How have you kind of built that or integrated that into your family too? Well, you know, for our kids, it's just, some people think like your kids wake up and take like a, a, a wheatgrass shot or something in the morning, and then they run an obstacle course, you know, uh, and, and they, they don't. You know, our kids, we just make sure that they know that how they feel is directly impacted by what they put in their bodies, and it's important to exercise, and it's important to have fun. Um, and so and we just kind of lead from the front on that. They know that mom and dad work out uh, four or five, six days a week sometimes. They know that mom and dad um, try to eat uh, healthy most of the time. And, and we really connect that for them when, for instance, that, you know, they have sugar and they start acting like fools, we, we make that connection for them. Because that happens often. We say, look, that, look, you, you chose to eat that, man. That's, that's what happens. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's never in sort of a uh, negative light or sort of a obsession. We just try to make it as part of a, look, this is just part of a, a healthy life, as is things like quiet time and you know, uh, ways to recharge you that, it, that don't have to do with fitness. Um, so it's just one of the things that fall into what we consider to be um, good quality of life and, and living well. So given, um, you know, all the different, there's a lot of kids in your family, you guys are each pursuing these purpose-filled projects or, or work that you're each individually doing. Um, how do you find time for the two of you to connect? Like in the midst of this, I'm sure there's moments like the needs of the children are probably never ending in a lot of ways. I'm curious how the two of you continually like um, reconnect or find focus on how to lead the family going forward in the midst of all the, all the fun chaos you have. I think that's definitely a challenge. And I think, you know, it's a challenge any couple faces, especially with kids. Um, But one thing is that our, the flexibility of our schedules, um, Josh working from home so often and me being at home, you know, when the kids are at school, now that, now that all the kids are in school for at least some portion of the day, um, we talk a lot. We see each other a lot. Um, so, and really, I think we've always communicated well. Like, we've always talked, I mean... Yeah, we, we really enjoy each other's company, which for some couples, you know, they, they need breaks from each other. And we tend to not um, need that as much. I think um, just like you're intentional about raising a family, we've got to be intentional about spending time together and, you know, having hard conversations. And part of that, uh, you know, kind of part of the course that we build is 
some of it is about partner connections. So we will do things like partner check-ins that has an agenda and we'll go through this agenda once every three months. And it's things like, you know, a couple, what, what's going good in your life right now? What, what are some reasons that you still love me? What, you know, and then we kind of go through the kids and we go through, are your hobbies being fulfilled? And so we just try to make sure when we go through the agenda that we are connecting in a deeper way than, um, you know, it's 930 and you're just slumped on the couch watching Netflix or something. Cause that, that's, that's somehow, you know, that's, that's how night ends for us. And, you know, you don't have great conversation there. So, yeah. And it would be easy to go, you know, months and months and months, um, like that and never have like a really meaningful conversation or talk about something that is bothering you or have somebody ask you like, you know, are you getting to do what you want to be doing? Like, you know, cause sometimes I think you might not even think about that as a, a person that's part of a couple and with kids and you're just kind of grinding through, um, you might not even question that. Um, but when you look, sit down and look at it intentionally once every couple of months and somebody says, Hey, are you getting to do what you feel like you're supposed to be doing? Are you, you know, your needs being met spiritually, emotionally, um, and actually having to think through those answers and be like, you know what? I don't think so. And then having those conversations, I think is important. I will say too, for us, there was sort of a, you know, maybe a little bit of uh, backstory. You know, we've been dating since 16, essentially. And so there's sort of a reckoning for us in the last couple of years where, uh, you know, we were, we were done making babies the old fashioned way the, the kids were growing up. It was sort of like what's next. And I think Aaron in particular was grappling with identity outside of being um, a partner for Josh and a, and a mom to the kids. And so, hmm. you know, we really spent the last two years, I'd say, right. Um, yeah. Sort of unpacking that question because when you date and you're with someone in, in those like formative years, what we realized is like we just kind of melded into one person that was primarily dominated by Josh because of sort of leading the relationship and sort of, you know, when you, when you look at all the, the different ways that that could affect you, um, yeah, there was a lot of sort of unpacking that we needed to do around that about was I dominating the relationship? Is this how it should be? You know? And so and you could see how you could grow into one mindset after doing this for you know, 23 years, I guess, 24 years since you were 16. Um, so, yeah, the last year has been really good uh, as far as growth for us because it's been very challenging as well. Let's camp out there for a second. Um, for real, because that's the tension right there. Yeah, so there's two sides to that, what you just brought up, Josh. One is like you, you even said is Josh dominating, not to focus on you, Josh, but I think there's like two sides to that. It sounds like you had to wrestle with that personally and – it also probably sounds like Erin had to verbalize some things that she was processing. How did you guys, how, how have you worked through that over the, it sounds like the last two years? Um, that's for sure the case. And I think that um, one of the reasons, maybe the most important reason that I think we're able to come out on this side, maybe, I don't know if we're all the way out yet, but um, is because like we are both willing to, kind of our desire to make our relationship work and to make our family work is stronger than our desire individually to be right. So I think for Josh, you know, at some point I was struggling with some stuff. Like, I think it, it feels kind of cliche to be like, you know, empty nest syndrome, who am I? And I say empty nest with, you know, my four-year-old in the house. <laughs> but it was kind of like, 
you know, what's going on with me? I don't, you know, my, do I really feel like this? Or is it, you know, do I want to do this? Or is Josh just kind of take, taking the lead on that? Um, Are you happy? Like, Yeah, am I happy doing these things? Um, and it, it's kind of tricky because I wasn't unhappy. Like, I'm not unhappy with any of our life choices or where we are or what I'm doing. Um, but it was just kind of realizing that, I don't know, my identity was wrapped up in us um, as a whole. And so I think I was, you know, feeling sad and confused. And Josh was really good about being a really good listener and just, you know, not being defensive. And, you know, if I would say something that was like, ah, I don't know, like, I can't really say Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, like, uh, Aaron, when we were thinking about this question before, Aaron was saying, like, we're, we've been really good at listening and, and the ability to say, I could be really wrong about something and being okay with that, you know, not being defensive about it. So um, for me too, you know, just reading on a couple of different things about spiritual disciplines and about like what I want out of my life and then realizing that sort of like C.S. Lewis talking about like love is a choice and it's not, you know, in love is a feeling, love is a choice. And it was like unpacking what that meant for us um, after like 22 years and saying, okay, is this still the choice? And um, and it definitely was for, for, for both of us. It just took a lot of those. I mean, there, there were some, there were some, I won't say dark times, but it was like really challenging about a year ago. Were you having some conversations like this nightly? Um, and it was, yeah, it was great. So Aaron, do you feel that um, you just uh, were heard and listened to and you were able to really like express your, desires and it was easier to do because you had a partner that you knew was for you and for your happiness just as much as his own yeah for sure I think had Josh not been willing to listen to that or you know quick to say no 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 you know you did help me make these decisions or we you know this is not how it was um and kind of just if he had sucked my emotions under the rug or my questions or my concerns under the rug, um, you know, it's kind of easy to see how um, people in relationships, particularly women, probably go for, you know, 40, 50 years, and then mm-hmm. their kids move out of the house and they want to get divorced. Like, that used to be so crazy to me. I, you know, I thought, how on earth can you make it this far and then get a divorce. And I think at this point, I think that was, um, I can see that now because yeah. had both of us not been stronger, like wanting our relationship to work just as much as the other person. Yeah. Um, I can see how that happens. And, and I think, you know, we, we, we said too, like, um, and I know like marriage, uh, books talk about this. I think Gottman talks about this in his book. Um, but it's like it, emotional intelligence is a really, big component of successful marriages. And so, and that goes for the husband too, because I think the husband's probably less um, uh, tending to do that, right? So that was something that was a challenge for me. It's like, am I, am I in tune with my feelings? Am I okay to, uh, to not be right here? Um, to check my ego sometimes to admit faults and all that. And so I think that's been one of the keys. And, you know, we're, we've, We've got a long way to go. Uh, yeah. we're, we are, we are, 
we feel like this was a test for us in the last couple of years. And yeah, for the first time, we could we could see why couples get divorced, even couples who love each other. We could see, you could say, man, I, I can see how that could happen. Whereas before, we, we would be, like Aaron said, I, I couldn't see how that could happen. Yeah, well, um, statistically, I mean, it, it that is a true statement. That's the highest uh, rate of divorce that happens is like 40s and 50s when the kids leave the house. Yeah. And um, it's so true because it is usually identity crisis for the woman at that point um, who's had an identity wrapped in family and husband. But I also find it interesting how I think – I don't, I don't know, Josh, maybe you can speak to this, but men have a really, you know, hard time grappling with that reality of um, maybe their partner wanting something different than what it looks like. Because really, the man's kind of got it good. Like, they got the wife doing the home thing, doing the kid thing, doing the meals and the, all the things, you know, for them in a sense. And they get to work and do their passion and then all of a sudden, um, you know, that calls for risk and life change and personal change. And I don't know, you know, it, it just calls for something to be different, which sometimes. Now, hang on. Listen, I mean, I feel like you're getting off on a little bit of soapbox all of a sudden. You started with a question. You started with a, what was the question for Josh that you had? Do you see what I'm saying? Aaron, come on, girl. You got my back here. Hang on. You started with a great question for Josh. And I think the question was, how did you handle this? Right, because she's calling for action and change. So, Josh, how uh, did you handle that? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, like, you you know, I think you come to a place where there is like this reckoning and you say, um, what do we do I want my wife to be happy and is her happiness mm. more important than my pride and my ego or whatever my longing to be right or have my way so but but the thing is like we really feel like this is a partnership with with child rearing you know the whole like um you know dad's just a babysitter and mom is raising the kids that that has been crazy to us because we play such a a 50 50 role in how we do it um and so uh, what was I going to say about that? Um, the partnership. You know, oh, yeah. How did I? Uh, you know, I it, it wasn't a surprise to me. Um, and then when I really started thinking about it, and it took um, what I did was just a lot of solitude and thinking about it. You know, waking up early and just spending like an hour thinking, and I felt like I just you know things things came to me that were like, yeah, it, this you have dominated the relationship. You steered it. We. We, we, you know, we went to the same school. We moved to Atlanta. We started FitWit. And that's sort of been all my things. Um, even FitWit is like, well, Josh gets to hang out with other adults and our trainers. And, the, you know, that's still kind of like my thing. And I could, I could easily see how Aaron's saying, but what is my thing? And what, you know, I'm just back here cleaning the house while you're out there doing whatever. So, yeah, I guess how do I handle it was, yeah, it, it took uh, a lot of reflection and for me, I think that is one of the things that I'm strong at. That's one of um, a strength of mine is just being able to self-reflect and to, uh, as objectively as possible, assess the situation and, and say when I'm uh, wrong about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't the sky was falling. It was a terrible day. The day I realized, like, oh, crap, I've been messing up. It was just admitting to it and 
you know, kind of like, where do we go from here? Um, hmm. Which we do a lot of that. Okay, what's like, what's next? I really want to problem solve and find a solution to it. So maybe as another um, thing that we had to learn because Josh is like super big picture, like problem solver, let's just fix this and move on. And one of the things we realized in our relationship was like, you know, he couldn't necessarily fix this and tell us how to move on because that was the whole oh, yeah, that's, of the issue. Oh, that's, oh, that's a really great point. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> okay, here's, here's an issue with us. Here's what I think we should do. Okay. Now get to it. Okay, Aaron, here's this other issue. Here's what I think we should do. And that is a great point because that was the problem. It's like, Josh is now telling us how to fix this thing. That this definitely is Josh's didn't idea. make Aaron happy right there. Yeah, Josh, I'm sorry. I can't relate with this in any way. What you I, talking I, about? I, I mean, <laughs> oh, my Lord. Then it was like, okay, Aaron, here's the things. Like, it has to come from you. Um, and it was funny because you see when we get in these conversations, um, and you can probably tell now, I like to talk, man. I'm talking fast. I'm processing things. <laughs> and, I'm, and I would, you'd have me, come on, Aaron, what do you think? Come on. Well, and I talked for like five minutes, and she'd be silent. And then I'd go, okay, what do you think? And there would be silence because she just, you know, she operates differently than I did. She's so got to process and think about it. Yeah. And, yeah. and Aaron's an introvert and kind of knowing, you know, strengths and weaknesses of how we operate. All of that was really important to and, and continues to be important to, like, how you operate on a daily basis. Yeah. I think knowing each other on a different level other than just, like, his favorite food and his favorite color. <laughs> you know, knowing that, like, <laughs> I need some processing time. I'm not going to be able to respond to this. Um, he wants a response, like, right now. He wants to, like, get moving on an action plan. And yeah, I want three, need... three steps. Top three things we're going to do tomorrow. <laughs> I need, like, these down. Get, get... three days of processing time, and then I'll come back to you with a response. Um, so, you know, working through all of that was interesting. And then it was a little bit of a reckoning for me to realize, like, as much as the problem was that, you know, Josh couldn't give us a an action plan um, because that wouldn't have worked. Like, I, I wanted him to. You know, like, I had become accustomed to, like, well, now I'm supposed to figure out how to fix this. <laughs> so it, it was a lot of soul-searching on, on both of us, I think. I'm curious, looking back, like, in a, and I love that you, that you said it's taken the last two years you guys have been processing it because I, I totally relate with this. And Andrea and I, it's, it's definitely been, for us, um, similar topics we've had to process. Part of it because of the family background we came from and how we lived and operated. Um, but I'm curious, I'm sure if there's other people listening to this, um, there's probably a lot of people wrestling through how to communicate this to, about this as a couple right now. What advice would you guys give in that process um, of bringing this to light in a relationship? So the process, again, like for us, we are frequent checker inners um, daily, you know, we, we, we do the whole, I don't know who wrote about it, like a seven-second embrace, like a hug every day, you know, connecting like that. And then and then those formal times. So, so we do a family meeting every week as well, which we get into a little bit of us talking about our weeks and, like, what the schedule looks like. So that's sort of on a micro level. And then, like I said, like the, I think it probably started in one of those formal quarterly check-ins that we sit down with an agenda and each of us completes it separately. And it's things, you know, I can share the agenda, but it's, it is things like, um, uh, how are we doing on finances? How are we doing on your hobbies, on sex, on the kids? And there's just questions that really spark 
good conversation. And I'm sure that it, it them starting from there, like, hey, I'm not getting to any hobbies. I don't have anything that's mine. And and then I think that's kind of snowballed from there. But, yeah, we formalized that process probably like three years ago with these little check-ins that we were doing. Um, and that, that's, that's, I guess, the macro. But the micro is like we, we do – we chat every day. Uh, and then we, we do a, a weekly meeting with the kids that helps us kind of get these questions out too. When you're, you know, thinking about bringing this conversation to light or whatever, um, I think it's important to – take a step back and really think about like the big picture of like, you know, what do you want your family to be? What do you want your marriage to be? What does that look like? What do you want to um, demonstrate for your kids? Um, Because I think probably most people get to this point by just like the grind every day. And so if you sit down and you're just trying to get this meeting done, you may not give super authentic answers, but I think before starting it at all is sitting down and, you know, giving yourself some grace, expecting to give your partner some grace and hearing things like be prepared to hear things that may surprise you or may not make you feel super great, but just really listening to the other person and not offering, you know, rebuttal or defense or whatever. So I think going into that meeting with some postures about what you believe your marriage and family should be um, and kind of, going forward like that is probably a good way to head into it. Can we, uh, you alluded a little bit to this family meeting idea. By the way, if anybody doesn't know about their family meetings, their pictures of their family meetings on Instagram are the most hilarious thing I get to look at every week. So it's very organized, right? I mean, (laughs) as organized as five kids around a table could be, I'm sure. Talk to us, talk to us about it. Uh, yeah, there's a binder, there's an agenda every week, every, every, uh, week, the, the jobs of the family meeting switch. Um, so we've got five kids and everybody can do a different job from leading the meeting to getting the snack to planning the family fun. Um, we try to make it kid run and that, you know, that's not, it doesn't always work when you've got young ones that, uh, are easily distracted. And and if, if this thing goes past 30 minutes, uh, the wheel starts to fall off. So we, we've got to rein it in. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a place where we organize our week. We give uh, high fives to the, to uh, anything that sort of demonstrate our family values. So you might say, I want to high five Jeff because he showed me love this week by doing this. Or um, like this last week, you know, one of the kids said, I want to high five Bellamy because she came to both of our basketball games this week and showed us love. Um, or, you know, so, so we, that, that's part of the, the beginning of the meeting. And then we go into schedule for the week. You know, Dave's got basketball. Somebody's got, mom's got a meeting Tuesday night. This is crockpot night Wednesday, whatever. You know, we kind of go through that. And then we go to sort of family values. And uh, sometimes we talk about, like, personal challenges for the month. Like, what, what do we want to work on to be a better person? And then it's uh, like a big topic or a big question. And that. That changes every week. This week was interesting because it was on uh, MLK weekend, so we had a great conversation on, you know. The Civil Rights Movement and um, what, what are we? Uh, it's, always pretty, it's always pretty hilarious. Um, I know. I love it how, like, in the pictures there's, like, always one kid, like, sleeping on the table. Another one's, like, picking their nose. And I mean, really, Bellamy, this is like the first couple of months where she's participating and she actually has a job. But 
until recently, it was almost always like she would stand on the table. I had pictures of her standing on the table in the oh, middle yeah. of family meeting. Like we just had to pass her back and forth. But but actually, this last Sunday it was her first time being the agenda leader. Um, and it was hilarious because that girl uh, is crazy. Well, she's been for so she, she it was pretty funny. She was like, she next up, calendar and meals. <laughs> I love it. So cute. Well, I love um, I love the intentionality you guys have done with that, and I think you do it. I believe you do it every Sunday night. Is that right? Uh, usually, it's Sunday after church. Sunday after, so Sunday, yeah. Mid-Sunday. Midday or something on Sunday. Um, yeah. Well, this whole project that Andre and I are interviewing people about. I mean, I think what you hit on today was perfect. Um, just the, some of the tensions that you guys have worked through the last couple of years are. I think at the heart of some of the stuff we're trying to unpack. And so I'm thankful that you guys um, shared so vulnerably about that. And I do want to ask yeah. you, we, we ask every, everyone we're interviewing this, you know, the, the premise is, is it possible for, you know, a couple like us, like you to both be a part of changing the world, ra- staying in love and raising a family? And I'm curious what you guys think about that. What's your take on that question? I think it is. Um, I think it looks different than maybe we thought it would when kids enter the picture. Because before kids, I think we both, you know, wanted to obviously change the world in various ways. And we were kind of setting out on a path to do that. And then we had five kids in six years. And that, you know, obviously took us out of the game for a little while, at least for some portions here and there. And I feel like, for me at least, I think for Josh too, it changed. Um, so, you know, I loved teaching. I taught Atlanta Public Schools, special education, and I loved that. Um, so I, when I made the choice to stay home, that was kind of tough because I really loved being in the classroom with those kids. Um, but I think the way we are changing the world is, one, we find ways here and there. So we still both mentor kids to the Decatur Education Foundation and things like that. But also somebody had mentioned to me like the grassroots movement that we're doing with our own kids. So, I mean, I don't necessarily spend as much time like working with kids that aren't my own, but I'm working with my five kids to make them world changers. And I think that that is um, not a vision that should be overlooked um, for parents and families that are trying to like change the world but have to slow down because they have these little kids. Yeah, I also think like it's different stages, right? So we came out of college, went right into inner city school teaching, and that was sort of stage one where we made an impact um, in the neighborhoods we wanted to make an impact with. Then we went to stage two, sort of we're building FitWit. We are uh, raising a family, and that took us out of the classroom and out of things like that. And um, however, we are looking for opportunities to, to give back and to, like Anna said, to, to actually integrate our kids into our passion. So not keep them separate, but like how can the kids get involved? How can we volunteer together? How can we, you know, w- w- when we go places, we go as a whole family. When we go do things, it's, it's everyone together. Um, and so, and then, you know, I was telling Anna the other day, phase three or whatever you want to call it, four, whatever it will be, when the kids get out, I fully see my, myself and maybe Aaron too going back and maybe I'm coaching basketball in one of the schools I taught at. Sort of when they're out of the house, I see it a whole, a whole new phase. And so I think the passion can still be there, but I think it's, you know, you got to 
revolve it around uh, what's going on in your life right there. And, and for us, family has ascended to the top priority. Um, and when we think about the, the thoughts on like balancing passion and family, for me, I always think about keeping the most important things, the most important thing. So um, balance isn't about trying to fit everything in. It's doing and starting with the most important things and then everything else to us kind of fall where they, where they will. And sometimes, you know, that means like maybe we don't grow fit with it as well as it should because I wasn't willing to sacrifice some hours in the evening to away from the family. You know, because I, I can think of instances where I've made that choice and said, no, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm, my evenings are, are done at, at six. I'm shutting it down. And that's the choice you make, you know. So, I don't know. I don't know if that answers that. Yeah, and I think also keeping in mind with that, like, being okay with being countercultural, um, because it, that does seem kind of like a fight that Josh was saying, you know, like, I think a lot of families get caught up with the making money, you know, like they have to make the money to keep up the lifestyle um, so that work becomes that top priority. And it's the thing that you're like, well, I can't, you know, have family dinner tonight because I've got to work these extra hours to the office. Um, and I think that, like reorganizing those priorities to, you know, not maybe have as much money. And, like, we don't go on, like, lavish vacations. And, you know, we... We're a two-bedroom... We are two-bedroom vacationers with uh, with the kids. We're in one, and all five are in, like, a bed in the other room. <laughs> and we have to be able to drive there all these people. You know, so it's, you know, it's, you know, the kids have friends going to, like, France. You know, that's probably not in our, in our cards anytime soon. But being counterculture in that like we're okay with not making a ton of money um, because we get to use that time to spend with them at home, hopefully um, building the best family we can be building. I, I will say one more point too, is that when we talk about like love or work, work for us doesn't necessarily mean how you earn money. So work is the things like, what do we want to contribute to the world? And so it might be something like, look, Erin loves going to the kids' elementary school library. That's, that's like her jam. And organizing books or just being in the school. To me, that's work, right? And it doesn't pay anything. But what sacrifice will we make to make sure that Erin can do that? Um, that, that? That's a question we often ask. And so, um, yeah, it's not just about how, how you actually earn dollars. Work uh, can, can be other things as well. That's good. So if people want to follow along with your, uh, with the build your best family project, can you, how would people connect with that? www.buildyourbestfamily.com. Um, build your best family on Facebook and Instagram or my, yeah, my personal Instagram account, Aaron Guerrieri. Um, we do a lot of stuff on there. And, and, um, if people wanted to connect with it, it sounds like there's like a lot of articles on the, on the blog and, and there might even be something that you can learn like a program you can learn from. Yeah, so on the on the main page, there's you can you can download a um, sort of the it's a it's an initial guide. It's ten secrets of exceptional parents um, raising big picture kids. Um, so you can get a free download with that. And uh, we are in the process of in the next two or three weeks launching the the flagship course, which is called Forty Day Family. Um, basically, how to take um, your family from surviving to thriving, or, or basically to stop drowning in a mess of family stuff and start living. So it's a five-module course that goes over 
how you set up your family meetings, how you do your family mission statement, how you run your family like a business, how to teach positive discipline to your kids and sibling relationships, uh, how to organize, which that's Aaron's strong suit, you know, organize <laughs> calendars and organize the meals and organize uh, the places in your home. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It took us a, a year and a half to build with videos and uh, it took us way too long, but it's like, it's one of those things that, you know, when, when you have the time to do it, you got to get to squeeze it in. I love it. Well, I love what you guys are doing and thank you so much for meeting with us. Cool. Thanks guys. So that was fantastic. Now it's time for the love or work breakdown. Let's break it down. So what were your big takeaways from this conversation? Well, you know that I got fired up at that one part that you called me out on, but... Um, I mean, I could not get you to stop talking. But let a woman speak here. So my one takeaway, husbands, let's ask your wife what she needs. I loved how he had those check-ins and very purposely was asking her what her needs are. Um, is she happy? Is she doing things that she loves? And then um, after that, husbands, partners, men, uh, do whatever it is to give it to her, whatever it takes. That's great. What do you think about that, Jeffrey? I think it's fantastic. I wrote down in, a, in the similar part of the conversation, I wrote down, sometimes the problem is that men try to solve problems. Oh, like when he was talking about how... He was trying to fix the situation. Trying to fix it where she had to lead and kind of go from what she was feeling. Yeah. And it was, I think, a realization for him and a realization for all, all the guys. It's like, hey, when we try to just fix something, sometimes that's not what needs to happen. Sometimes we just need to sit in that moment and try to understand, try to listen, try to empathize. That's good. I have I a like couple it. more. Go ahead. Um, I love that they have their kids lead the family meetings. I know. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. Um, so this, it kind of really taught me like, what are we, what are we doing to give, to teach leadership into our kids? Yeah. I mean, that's one super practical way that you can just do within your family. Um, that's also not, um, intimidating, right? Because right. it's just y'all. So it's just your family together. So it's not like standing up in front of your classroom or any of those things. But when you start just at home with teaching them to lead a meeting, um, maybe that grows that confidence that they can take with them into the classroom or into other places in life. So I like that. What, like other, that did, what other thing did you write down? Uh, I just wrote just, I still, uh, you know, the intentionality that they have with their regular check-ins, um, and just wrote that it's more important than your Netflix show that night. That's all. Uh, it's just, I was just imagining if I tried to hug you for seven seconds. You, dude, that whole seven second thing was funny. You'd be shoving me. I was like, did What's he get that from you? a book? <laughs> But don't hug me for seven seconds. I, I knew you would. I literally would I'm look gonna, at you like, what? I'm going to try it. You tonight. crazy? I'm going to try it. I, I, I already am like kind of I mean, like it might be queasy hot. about it. Hot? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. The last thing I have is, and I, I love that Aaron said this, and I wrote it down the minute she said it. Expect to give your partner grace. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting expectation because most of our expectations are that they will give something to us. They will do something for us. They will be there for us. 
but her expectation was to give Josh grace. And I, I think that was a beautiful thought. Yeah, I think that probably carries forward into all the hard conversations, right? Because in partnership, there's just so many hard conversations if you're really trying to work through shit. So I think it's important that... Uh, that expecting grace in those hard times, in those hard talks is super, super important. Well, I think that does it. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Josh. And that's another episode of Love or Work. Mm-hmm.